0: Food bloggers, hey, the new Eat Blog Talk community platform is on its way to you very soon, and I'm talking like August soon, and I cannot wait to open the doors for you to come see the space we're setting up inside for you. One of my favorite things about the platform are the challenges we are setting up where you will be presented with different challenges, weekly challenges, biweekly challenges in order to work through and grow different aspects of your business. This is a great way to stay on track and to stay relevant, which is why we're making it a pillar feature within the community. Join the waitlist to get the details and discounts so you can start feeling more connected and more confident. Visit eatblogtalk.com forward slash launch to get all the details. What is up, food bloggers? Welcome to Eat Blog Talk, the podcast made for you food bloggers seeking value for your businesses and your lives. Today, I will be having my second chat here on a Blog Talk with Yumna from Feel Good Foodie. And this time, we are going to talk about TikTok. Currently raising her family in Michigan, Yumna is the home cook, recipe developer, and inspiration behind Feel Good Foodie. She creates nutritious, delicious, and family-friendly meals, sharing her enthusiasm for natural ingredients and clean eating. Yumna experiments with the new tastes and textures, providing healthy alternatives to everyday staples that make you feel good. Yumna, I am excited to talk about TikTok today because like I said before the interview, I know nothing about it. But first, before we do that, give us another fun fact about yourself.
1: Oh, okay. Sounds good. And I'm really excited to be here as well. A fun fact is I'm actually an artist. And I didn't realize this, but I actually, when I was 11, I I realized in an art class that I actually know how to draw and paint like really well. And so I developed that um, over high school and college. And so I don't do it anymore, but it's, I have this little artistic side of me. And um, I think it's really helping actually with food photography and food styling. So it's a little fun fact about me.
0: Cool. I think it's so rare to find people who can draw really well, right? I mean, yep. Like we can, most of us can get by, especially for creative. I am not a good drawer, but my mother is like this amazing drawer and it's just like mystifying. Like, how do you do that? So that's really awesome. A skill that a lot of people don't have, I
1: think. Yeah. It was interesting. Like just learning that about myself. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm really good at this. <laughs> I enjoy it. You I'll so check that out. <laughs> yeah. So that's pretty cool.
0: That is cool. Thanks for sharing that. So, Yumna, you're here today to talk about that super hot trendy platform known as TikTok that I know absolutely nothing about. And I swear everything I ask you about in this interview will truly be something I'm curious about because it's just like something I have not dove into yet. So let's just start by talking about it. Do you think that food bloggers should be on TikTok? And if so, can you kind of tell us why you think that?
1: Yes, absolutely. So when I first started on TikTok, I didn't think food bloggers should be on TikTok. And when some food bloggers saw me on there, I said, well, I'm just really having fun. I don't even know that this is going anywhere. I don't think that this is going to be a viable platform or something that will be relevant in the next year. And over over the, the next six to seven months, my thinking on that has completely changed. And I truly believe now that food bloggers should be on TikTok. And here's why I think so. Um, so first of all, it's still a pretty young platform. So this is a really good time to capitalize on that awareness and that reach that it's relatively early to do so. So it's a really good time to do it because there's so much attention there. And there is it's such a great way to have a big amount of reach, even if you have no page views, even if you have no followers whatsoever. There's still a potential for a video to go viral and to get a huge amount of reach um, with any with any kind of video. So the cool thing about it is, unlike something like Snapchat, for example, when Snapchat came out, the way you grew an audience is by referring your people from Instagram, for example, to Snapchat. So you would share your code or you would share your ID from from Instagram and have people head over to Snapchat. With TikTok, it's very different. Everything, is the discovery all happens right within the app. So you're not sending people from Instagram to your blog or Instagram to Snapchat or anything like that. It's really all just happening within the app and that's the best way for it to happen too. So this opportunity to grow organically, without the help of any other platform, without even need to be big or viable on any other platform, I think makes it really important for food bloggers to get on there and just get their exposure out there. And the, the last reason is, it doesn't really matter what your niche is. So on there, you know, my sister's a dentist, for example, and she's creating videos. I have a friend who does fitness who's on there. There's dancers, there's bloggers, there's doctors on there. And so the cool thing about it is, it doesn't matter what your niche is, People are interested in, um, you know, watching all kinds of videos on there. You don't just have to be a dancer. You don't just have to be a singer.
0: So can you kind of talk about like how the platform works and how it's laid out? Because I've heard about it and I like my nieces were over for Father's Day and they were on it. And, you know, like I I get word of it. Like I hear about the hype and everything, but I don't know what it's like. So can you kind of talk me through that?
1: Yes. So basically... You can create videos that are, I think, minimum of five seconds. I think there's a minimum there up to 60 seconds. So these videos, you know, they could be like an Instagram story. They can be as polished as something like an Instagram hands and pans kind of video. It could really be whatever you want. So to make it more creative, you could do voiceovers with those videos. You can add um, music to those videos. You can react to other people's videos by having sharing two videos at the same time. So there's just a really cool way to upload those kind of videos. And what's really different, too, is you can create those videos right within the app without having to use anything else. So a lot of people will ask me, well, what are you using to create the videos? And I will literally say the TikTok app, because within the app, you can record up to 60 seconds and then you can trim down those videos. You can uh, the snippets of the videos you can. You up some portions. You can put music over it. There's such a way to get creative in there. There's even a way to put special effects in there. So if you want to transition from one scene to another, there's a way to do that. And every month, TikTok is releasing new special effects and new ways to have fun with it. Edit, you know, you can create, edit and upload all just within the app. So it's just another, it's a very, very high, it's actually 100% video. So everything you do on there is video. And if you are doing photos, for example, if you are sharing the photos, you would need to make that into a video. So sharing a series of at least five to 10 photos and making it interesting. So um that's, uh, yeah, okay. So that's how it is. It's 100% video and it's all vertical videos as well. So we know we're used to holding our phone vertically and, there's a lot of things that try to have you flip your phone and things like that. But what works on there is those vertical long form type of videos.
0: Okay. And that helps me kind of wrap my head around it. So it's 100% video. There's no photos. If you do have a photo, you can like turn it into a, like a GIF or something that like moves in video format. So is this something that you foresee replacing Instagram or is like, are they
1: totally different? I don't think it's going to replace Instagram. I do think it's going to be highly competitive to Instagram because it's just another way to interact. So with Instagram, it's highly curated. It's very beautiful. You get on there. There's so much aesthetics. You go to somebody's account and you can automatically see what they're about, the color palette, who they are, and you just get the vibe of who they are. So a lot of it is with Instagram, you're absorbing content based on who you follow. And I don't think people are really using the cover pages like they used to. With TikTok, for example, because it's so new, so much of it is the discoverability of content. Like you don't know who's on there and most of the content that's absorbed on TikTok is absorbed through the full page. So you're not even looking at people's profiles. You're not even, you don't even know who you're, you're watching. You're just kind of scrolling around and you're discovering these really entertaining content and they're less curated. They're less professional looking. They're less polished and they're just more, Real, entertaining, and fast paced. It's so interesting. You
0: think that there can't possibly be another type of platform that comes out? Like, what could possibly be, you know, going beyond the scope of Instagram and Facebook and everything that we experience now? So it's so interesting to me that somebody created a totally unique platform that people are just loving. And from what I hear, it's like, just being enjoyed by all different age groups too? Like what is the prime demographic for TikTok users?
1: Well, yeah. And, and before I answer that too, kind of going along with competing with Instagram, you have people like Gary Vaynerchuk, for example, who is very well known in social media influencing. And he is saying that TikTok is really going to give Instagram a run for its money. You know, And Gary is in his 40s, I think. So you have people that are all kinds of different ages that are using it and promoting it and loving it. So now TikTok used to be musically is what it originally started at. So the audience was super, super, super young. Like I mean, we're talking like nine to fourteen for the most part. But what happened? Yeah, but I think what happens with any platform, like Instagram, was like that too when it first started. I remember Facebook. You could only be on Facebook if you had a college email, you know. And I remember first getting on Facebook um, in 2000 because I had a .edu Mm. when I graduated. Not 2004. Yeah, 2003, 2004. So as an alumni. I had a .edu address, so I was able to get a Facebook account. So it was super young. It was only college kids who can get Facebook. And Instagram kind of started the same way too, where it's a lot of the young people who are like, oh man, my mom is on Facebook now. I'm (laughs) I'm going on Instagram. And so now it's happening with TikTok as well. It's super young. There is a very young audience on there, but as it grows in users, as it grows in popularity, you're seeing that audience really grow, and I think a huge shift happened during the whole coronavirus quarantine because all of a sudden, March, April, May, some people were losing their jobs, some people, most people, were staying home or working from home, had extra time on their hands, and people just kind of started seeing all these videos floating around. And I, I had TikTok videos being sent to me by my father-in-law by my grandma in oh, Lebanon funny. like and the people were sending me tiktok videos that were becoming mainstream even tiktok videos are being shared on the news so all of a sudden you know you get these links you click on the video that someone's sending you and then you get stuck on the app for hours
0: <laughs> just yes, you know you watching
1: in. all of these videos and so um so what ended up happening is that that user base ended up getting a little bit by little older and there was a whole thing about oh i'm a millennial or i'm too old to be on tiktok but look at me i'm having fun and before you knew it, that demographic is definitely getting older. It's not just for you know young element- not elementary like middle school age kids,
0: yeah, so you mentioned like passing around videos, so you can take a video from within the platform and send it to someone, or how does that work?
1: Yeah, so it's the whole shareability of a video, so when you get something, you can save a video, you can save it as a You can save it right onto your phone. You can save it as a favorite kind of like a compilation within the app that you can refer to at a later time. Or you can also copy the link and then save it that way. So that's what I do sometimes if I find something super funny. If I want to send it to my mom, I'll just copy the link. And anyone can see that. So you don't need to access. You don't need an account. You can just click on the link and watch it. But when you click on the link, you can easily start to just scroll around. And so it's just a smart way to be able to access it and see things. And what I do when I um, watch is when I'm absorbing content and watching different things, I'll save some of my favorite ones to show my kids because my kids are still younger, so I don't want them on the app. But if I find something super funny that's age appropriate, I'll just save it as a favorite and I'll share with my kids later on. Oh, that's really cool that you can do that. So you don't
0: have to stay within the app. And then is it mostly mobile phone based
1: or is it like desktop too? It. I believe it's 100% mobile phone base. I don't think anyone is. um, If you're looking at articles, you can access it that way, but nobody is upload. Nobody is really using the content that way or uploading the content that way. But just like Instagram, where you can kind of view it on the desktop, you can view TikTok on desktop as well. So if you see like there's been a lot of roundups lately of like best TikTok hacks and fun TikTok things, and if you click on those links, uh, you can watch them on desktop. But the way most people use the app and the it's more fun to use it through your phone as well because the way you're scrolling, the way the comments upload and all of that, it's just more engaging on the on the actual phone.
0: So really the coronavirus and the quarantine everything we've just experienced kind of launched a new set or like everybody <laughs> into using this app because I've seen little bits of it too just on commercials. I know that they've been incorporated into commercials recently. So I mean, I was pretty unaware before, but now it's like a huge thing. So that's really interesting that something that we just experienced that wasn't very fun launched this new cool thing. So I'm definitely going to check it out. But I'm always reluctant to spend my time and energy on something that may just be a passing trend. You know what I mean? Because all those apps, they kind of pop up now and then and they're like, oh, this is going to be a competition for... Instagram. So you get on it and you spend time like getting your profile ready and doing all the things and then all of a sudden it's gone. So I am always reluctant to do that. So what do you think? I mean, do you 100% feel like we should invest time into doing this for our businesses or just for personal or both? What are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, it's so hard to predict where the app will go because when you have Facebook and Instagram being such giants that they are, they know that TikTok is a big competitor now. And you know what happened with Instagram stories kind of taking the whole Snapchat story idea, Instagram is watching very closely and they may adapt a lot of the features that are happening now to Instagram. So we don't know 100% if TikTok will stick around. But what I do know is the way of creating videos on TikTok, the way of consuming videos on TikTok, I don't think that's going anywhere. And so I feel that as a content creator, it's such a valuable platform for you to get on and actually, you know, get behind the camera, talk to your audience and say, Hey, we're, I'm going to teach you a hack of how to do X, Y, and Z today and actually go through it and share it. It's just a different way of creating content that kind of pushes you outside of your limits, makes you think creatively about uh, problem solving and about entertaining in a different way. And I think that skill by itself is so valuable in the next wave of how we'll be creating content in the future as food bloggers. So even if the actual app itself does not stick around, I think the way that we're creating content and consuming content is so vital. And it's an essential skill for us to learn right now. I know some bloggers who just basically shared photos and videos on their Instagram and they're fine and they're doing amazing things and their blog is thriving. And all of a sudden they get on TikTok and they realize Oh my gosh, this is so hard. It's so different. What do I do? You know, and that getting out of your comfort level. And it's just such a great way to grow. And I feel that for myself, that has made me a little bit stronger in, you know, getting behind the camera, a little bit more confident in speaking about my recipes and then just being able to just have more fun on, you know, with my content. So if I have content that I've made for the blog and I've made for Instagram, I always think about, like, okay, how do I make this? interesting so that the 12 year olds do like it, but at the same time, the 35 year olds are going to make the recipe as well. So I'm thinking about my content in a new way to reach a new audience. So I think there's so much potential. And I think even if the app goes nowhere, you're still getting eyeballs, you're still getting reach, you're still getting, um, you know, training and learning a new, a new skill
0: in a way. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, sometimes just stepping out of our comfort zones is really important and valuable and just like helps us to grow in ways that we can't imagine. So if nothing else, I think maybe it's worth it for that. Now, what do you think about making money? Because I know a lot of people use Instagram for brand sponsorships and things like that. Are there ways to make money on TikTok?
1: I think we have to look at it like it's still a baby app and it's still it's in infancy. So the money making opportunity right now is through brand sponsorships. It's still pretty minimal. So what's happening now is TikTok is trying to own part of that, for example, by having brand sponsorships go through the app. So I, for example, there's like a creator marketplace. So I am part of that creator marketplace. I think you might need like 5000 followers or something. It's not even a big number to, to be part of that. But once you're part of that creative marketplace, then you'll have opportunities to apply for different programs. So a company might see you and say, Hey, we really want to work with you. Here's what the campaign is about. Do you accept or decline? And once you accept then you can go through, you know, monetary and things like that. And I so far as a healthy food blogger, I've gotten seven or eight or 10 different opportunities, but nothing has been healthy. It's been like, oh, super <laughs> Yeah, it has not been any healthy opportunities or it's been um it's been apps, you know, to promote an app or like an editing app or fun little things like that or like a uh, frozen things, frozen foods. So I have not accepted any of those at all, but I did also have opportunities coming to me just via email. Like I worked with Thrive Market and it was a flat fee that they paid as well and it's not as competitive as Instagram, but I was still actually able to make Some money on there. So those opportunities are starting to come with reputable brands that know the value of social media marketing. So I was able to do one. I think also Bob's Red Mill had a big campaign. Dole had a big campaign. So you're starting to see, you know, even Kind Snacks, I've seen them do a campaign as well. So slowly starting to see some of these brands experiment with it. They're not pouring a lot of money into it, but they're picking, um, they're picking influencers who know how to create content, who they're pretty sure can, get the word out, get the awareness out and just build reach. So there's no click link in bio for this recipe and swipe up for 15% off. It's just going to look really different. So right now they're experimenting with it. And the brands who are doing it are doing it just for awareness, like building awareness for their product or a certain brand or a campaign or something like that. But outside of that, the other people who are making money are using it to have like a masterclass of something. So if you create all this content that helps people create the most beautiful Instagram story, all of a sudden people might ask you, Hey, can you can you teach us this? And so you can actually sell courses like that, you know, through the app. So I've seen people doing things like that as well. Like there is somebody who is and some people are doing um they're teaching TikTok masterclasses. So sign up and for fifty bucks or a hundred bucks or whatever, you get to be part of this course or you get to have one on one masterclass for more money. So there are things like that as well where it's a more personal way to sell a service that you already have. People are selling eBooks on there as well because there's so many eyeballs on your account and it's just an opportunity to sell something you already sell. So it's really interesting. I, for example, didn't make money for a long time. And I think the only opportunity was that one that I mentioned, but it was just cool just to, just to have a case study, just to see how things work. You know, yeah. what can I say? What's What's pushing it too much? You know, you don't want to be too salesy. You still want to have yeah. fun with it. But there's so many different opportunities to make money. There's also something um, that some creators are doing, kind of like YouTube, where your fans can like chip in and pay you like with coins. So the more mm. they watch. Yeah. And then you can kind of like take that and translate it into actual cash. So there's things like that where, you know, there's not a lot of people doing that, but some people are experimenting with that. So it's still, TikTok is because it's an infancy. They're trying to figure out how to monetize as well. They're doing some ads, but not too much. But that is definitely going to change just like Instagram has grown and it's a really big platform now for monetizing your content. Yeah,
0: yeah, it is in its infancy stages. So I'm sure there's a lot of attention on it and brands are probably like, okay, well, people are here. So how do we make the most of that? So it's like everyone's kind of trying to figure out how to best utilize it and maximize exposure and all of that. But I think it's really interesting that people are using it to sell products and courses. That's so different from any. It really when you said that, I kind of was like mind blowing, like what? That's crazy. But I'm like trying to create an account as I talk to you. <laughs> I'm like
1: so curious now. Yeah, it's really, really interesting. And I think what you'll find is the followers, the users are so much more engaging than any other platform out there. I mean, the level of engagement is unreal. And so people are watching closely. They're paying attention to what you're saying and asking questions, you know? And so they're very, very interested. And so putting out a course, especially I think you have to kind of build rapport first that you're an expert in something. But putting out a course or selling a product as an influencer can really uh, be beneficial.
0: So the algorithm, is there an algorithm that's just like similar to Instagram or how does that work?
1: Yeah, the algorithm, um, you know, where everyone's trying to like always crack these algorithms, but the most important part of the algorithm is retention and sharing and completion. So they, TikTok really values you watching a full video. So think about what kind of video is going to get people to watch it all and then rewatch it and share it. So those are the three biggest things. So it's not about the likes and it's not about the comments as much. Those are much, much lower in priority compared to completion, shareability and rewatch. You know, they want people to watch it over and over again. So what happens when I find a really funny TikTok is I'll watch it like two or three times and I'll save it and then I'll show it to my husband, I'll show it to my kids. And then my kids are like, Oh, let me see it again. And me as a user, I've already watched it like eight times, and especially if my kids, <laughs> yeah, my kids sure. like it, like we watch that again. And so, and then I just keep them my favorites, and we watch them over and over again. And those videos end up really going viral, and they end up sticking around for a really long time. But the other cool thing about the algorithm is, after 24 hours, your content does not die. So what happens is, if I have a video today that did really well, it's going to bring all these extra eyeballs to my account. And when it does, if there's a little bit of an uptick in some other video that people see, like, oh, what is this video about? And even if it's a little bit of an uptick, TikTok will notice, okay, this other video that she posted a month ago or two months ago seems to also be getting some really good attention. Let's push that out again on the For You page, which is like the popular page and get that going again. So what you'll see is kind of like content waking up again. Uh, you know, days later, weeks later, or even months later. So one of my hot ones right now was from March. I mean, it was just, it just kept going. And it's a viral video that just kind of keeps on giving. I have another one, I want to say early May, that's still in my top 10 that's ringing followers oh, wow. in. So the algorithm is just different. And so what makes it what makes it interesting is, you know, how do you get people to watch your video fully and then maybe rewatch it again? So I had I had a funny one where it was just very like I was making chicken burgers and it was a fun hack of this is how I make my chicken burgers, like all the same size. And I used the the top of a mason jar and just like that. And then I said, look at that perfect square, you know, and I ended the video right there. People were like, what did you say square? And I actually said it accidentally. I said it accidentally. But that's a, hilarious. I was It was just like, I was doing the voiceover and I said it really quickly. I'm like, why did I say square? And then I said, you know what? That's actually really funny. And the video went viral. It was very poor quality lighting. I wasn't in it. Just literally shot it in like 10 seconds. It got 1.3 million views. And the comments are hilarious. Like, oh my gosh. (laughs) Because people were like, wait, did she say square?
0: Well, I'm the queen of saying things that are just like weird. So I am, I fit right in over
1: there. (laughs) Yeah. Everyone's like that. (laughs) So so yeah. Yeah, so it's just like fun ways, um, you know, where people will say like, watch till the end, but you want to kind of have something fun at the end to make sure that people are watching it to the end. So those are kind of the things to keep in mind for the TikTok algorithm.
0: So I'm part intrigued and excited and I'm part stressed because I just don't want to learn a new thing. You know how that is? You're like, really? But I mean, it sounds really cool. So I mean, enough that I'm already like, I already have an account within the time that we've been talking. so <laughs> Wonderful. Um, so I'm excited to dig in. And I think this is something that my boys, they're 13 and 10, I think they would like it too because they have nieces who are, you know, like older teens. And I've seen them showing them different videos and they're like, mom, why don't you have TikTok? I'm like, no, don't talk to me about <laughs> anything new. I'm not doing it. So they'll be excited to know that I'm on here. Okay, so you, Yumna, are like the master queen of growing. I know you have just this magic with growth and growing platforms. And in our last interview, you talked about just this incredible growth that you experienced on Instagram and on your blog. So talk to us about your secrets. What are your tips for growing, not just on TikTok, but on any platform really, because you do have that magic. So
1: give us some of your best tips. (laughs) Okay. So I think one of the biggest things is kind of um, knowing your audience and knowing the correct format. So for example, if you know, I'm trying to grow my YouTube channel right now, and those square hands and pans videos, it's something that I created on Instagram, but those don't work on YouTube. So kind of thinking about, okay, what's the format? What's popular? What's acceptable here? And what's the correct way to share content? So I think, knowing that is super helpful and will actually help you push a little bit further. So sometimes it makes you feel like, well, I already have a square video that I created for this muffin recipe. So why not throw that on YouTube? Because they accept the videos. Why not throw that on TikTok as well? But it's really important to figure out how are people consuming the content and what's the correct format. So having that correct format, I think is really, really important. Um, Another thing too, that I would say is thinking about You know, having people fully consume your content. So on Instagram, for example, is it watching all of your carousels? Is it having engaging carousels that does it step by step to show the recipe from beginning to end? Is it a really thoughtful caption that makes people want to read from beginning to end? You know, on YouTube as well, is like, what is it that's going to make them watch all the way till the end? On TikTok, we talked about this idea of completion is it something funny that you say at the end? There's a guy who always says, you know, hit it with some flaky salt and he eats at the end and you just wait for him to taste whatever he's making with flaky salt. Like at the end, you always wait for that. And so thinking about how to get people to spend time on your content and complete your content, because it doesn't matter what platform you are, even on the blog, if somebody is going to read it from beginning to end, that completion is really going to be valuable for increasing page views, increasing retention, and helping whatever algorithm it is, whether it's um, Google, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, completion is so important for all of those algorithms. So always thinking about not just throwing content there, but how do you get people to finish it, watch the whole thing, read the whole thing, you know, capture the whole thing. So that's a like a second tip that I really like to think of. Um, another tip too is thinking about like, engaging your audience and hooking them. So with TikTok, it's really important to hook them within the first two to three seconds because it's such a fast paced app that's happening. Like people are just scrolling and trying to find the, the next funniest thing, the next brilliant thing to watch because they want to share with their friends. They want to show their family the funniest and best things they saw. And same thing with YouTube you know, if you're teaching someone how to cut a mango on YouTube, you better hook them the first like five seconds why they should watch your video and not the next 15 videos that all should show how to cut a mango. So thinking about that hook, that's going to engage them from the get go and keep them watching. So kind of and this kind of goes in line with like tip number two. And it's it's the same thing on the blog as well. You know, when we do our little intro for the blog, it's like this recipe takes only 10 minutes in one pan and your whole family is going to love it. I mean, you hook them. They want to make the recipe and they're going to continue to read on to learn how to like have this magical dinner recipe tonight. So always thinking about like how to hook people. My last tip would be try to be you as much as possible. There's just like on TikTok, on YouTube, there's so many amazing personalities. I have watched the cutest people, the strong personalities, like aggressive chefs, cute chefs, like just very, very interesting people. And I'm like, oh my gosh, they have this it factor about them. That's amazing. And I watch other people. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I just want to be her. She's so sweet. And I just, <laughs> I look at another chef and I'm like, man, he's so confident in his life skills. I just want to be like him. And I think looking around, I'm like, well, I have something unique about me and reading the comments. You can kind of learn what people like about you. You can, well, people are like, Oh, you're so approachable or you're so sweet. Or I like listening to your voice, <laughs> you know, whatever it yeah. is. You know people people will kind of tell you like, "Oh, you're so approachable, I like your recipes are so healthy, like they will kind of hint to you what it is about you, is. yeah, yeah, and so stick to that, take that. Don't try to be someone else because." you know, I, uh, there was a really confident chef and I'm like, I'm going to be so confident. I'm going to try that. And then I did one with hummus. I'm like, I'm going to teach you how to make the best hummus of your life. And it did fine, you know, but it wasn't me. I'm not yeah. this aggressive. Like, you know, trust me, I've got the best hummus ever. And I do, but I was like, it's not my personality to do that. So, um, whatever platform you are, you really have to be authentic to who you are, you know, and that personality will shine through. And, Especially if your brand is more about you and less about here's some recipes. Like if your brand is you, you know, you have to let that shine through on YouTube. You have to let it shine through on the blog with the way you, you know, the way you write your recipes, the way you give instructions. I've seen so many bloggers with their instructions. They're fun and they're cute. They're not just like preheat the oven, you know. They might say something like get the oven going, you know, whatever it is about it, making it more personal, making making your personality shine. I think is really going to make people connect to you. And have your content be more sticky. So I think those kind of tips, you know, I think about them whatever platform that I'm on. And I've had, I've had a lot. I've had success, I think, with four or five different platforms right now, being able to grow them massively in a very short amount of time. YouTube has been hard, but you know, it's. Mm -hmm. I I would say in six months, I was able to get to like twelve thousand followers, which is not bad. That's amazing! Wow, yeah, that's
0: really good in a six month
1: period. But I started for for years, just sharing squared videos from Instagram, because I just didn't have time to create anything unique for YouTube. Now i figured out a way to do it, showing my personality and just being able to teach in short, simple videos that are approachable. So, um, yeah, so that's what I would, what I would say. And I would say a lot of people might give the tip like, Oh, find one platform that you love and then just stick to it and do well. But I don't agree with that personally. I feel like we're at a time where we're a package deal, you know, our consumers, our followers are everywhere. And you kind of have to be everywhere if you want to be this big brand, um, like a food network. They're not just on TV; they're on Instagram. They're on, you know, they're everywhere. And you, and if you want your brand to be a household name, you really have to be everywhere. And you have to figure out what's that content that makes sense for the different platforms.
0: Wow, Yumna, you are so inspiring. Seriously, <laughs> I mean, I I talk to people all the time who are just killing it, like on one or maybe two platforms. But you just have figured out how to kill it on all of these different platforms and really grow. And do you think a part of that is just like kind of believing in yourself, like just knowing it's going to happen? You know, I feel like you have that element of just the right mindset. Like, I am going to figure this out and I am going to do this. You know what I mean? Because some people are like, oh, I just can't. I hate Facebook. I'm not doing it. And of course, they're not going to get love on Facebook or platform, whatever, if they say that because it's just how it works. Like if you really believe something, it is going to happen. But if you don't, you're going to
1: not see that come to fruition. Do you agree with that? I totally do. I really believe it's so much of it is the mindset, but then also putting in the work. So, you know, I usually will try to take a time, I kind of dedicate different periods of my time to growing different things. So there was a period where I was like, I am not doing anything. I'm declining everything. I'm just focusing on my blog because this is the priority (laughs) right now. And ever since we've been in quarantine, I've been dedicating myself to making, producing at least one to two videos for TikTok or sharing one to two videos for TikTok daily. And I made it a goal. And so another part of it is like, it's the mindset, but it's also kind of the action behind it as well. So I said, you know what, like, I'm not going out as much, things are a little bit slower. I'm going to posts every single day on TikTok until I get to 1 million followers. And I'm like, this is what I'm doing. This is my goal. I'm saying it out loud. I'm telling the world. And I believe that I will get to a million followers. It might take me another year, but I will continue to share one video a day until I get there. And then kind of think about, okay, how do I just cruise from here and then focus on the next thing that I need to grow? And so I think you can grow them all at the same time. You have to kind of, you know, hustle on one for a little bit. And then cruise control, like I'm just cruising on Instagram right now. It's like the Forgotten Child. (laughs) I'm like, it's on auto cruise control I'm just like, it's fine. It's there. But yeah, yeah, I do believe uh, you kind of have to put the work behind it as well and focus on one thing at a time, you know, for a certain period of time.
0: I was just, I read this business book and he covers this concept of cycling and it kind of... Is along the lines of what you're talking about. Like, you can do multiple things because you always hear people say, like, you have to do like one thing, focus on one thing, and that's it. But this guy was talking about, like, you can do multiple things, but you can cycle through them. So, exactly what you just said, like, yes, I'm still paying attention to Instagram, but it's not your primary focus right now. And right now you're focusing on TikTok. And then after that, it'll maybe be something else. And But you're still keeping everything afloat. You're not just like dumping the other things. You're making them, getting by with them, but eventually you'll get back to them. So I love that concept. I think that's a really smart one too.
1: And I think also as food bloggers, we eventually figure out that we need help with whatever we're creating. So when I first started, for example, I was making my own videos. And a lot of people will start to try that. So I did it for I did it for three years. And it just a week ago, finally, I decided to let that go. You know what I mean? And so eventually what happens is you do it for a long time, you learn it, you get really good at it, and then you figure out how to teach it to somebody else to do it. So if one day TikTok changes, and I can hire someone to film for me or do you know what I mean, you teach someone else to do it to lessen your load. Same thing with the blog. You know, a lot of us start by, you know, whether it's photography, whether it's the writing, whether it's the SEO, we do all of that ourselves. We learn it, we get good at it, we grow. And then we figure out how to outsource it, how to give it to someone else and how to teach them to kind of take on the role that we did so that those things can still continue to grow, continue to do really well, but you, they're not the primary focus of what's taking up your your brain. Because we're we're constantly changing. We're constantly growing and there's so much in our industry. Like we can't keep up. You know what I mean? I know. It's like we're all trying to do video and it's like, oh no, now you gotta do this. Oh no, now there's this Oh no, now there's you know what I mean? It's so much and you just have to figure out when to transition and when to outsource as much as possible.
0: So what should we not be doing when we start our account? Because I told you, I just started an account. Are there any rookie mistakes that I should be avoiding? Tell me what you know.
1: I would say, um, like, uh, one of the biggest rookie mistakes is people kind of have the idea that TikTok is for singing and dancing. And so they get on there, (laughs) and they just try to, you know, like, Pick up the latest dance moves or try to do something funny or take a lib, like, you know, voiceover that they think is funny. And I did all those things. And if you scroll back at my account, <laughs> I did some hilarious things, you know? Ooh, I can't <laughs>
0: wait. I'm going to go look.
1: <laughs> and there's some really funny stuff that, you know, and I tried to keep everything food related. So if I took a Kim Kardashian, um, you know, funny voiceover, yeah. <laughs> I still related it to food for, you know, in a way. And they did okay, but there's so much of that content out there and i think about it like with tiktok there's so many people who are not content creators but they can get on tiktok they can go viral and they become content creators because of one two three four videos that ended up going viral we as food bloggers we are already content creators we know how to create high quality so stick to what you know and put it out there in a way that's fast quick and fun so i think um i think that's what i would i would recommend like the biggest rookie mistake is trying to just like do all the trends and just fit in and dance and and you can just literally get on there and cook, like, you know, make a muffin recipe. But how do you show that muffin recipe in maybe 20 to 30 seconds that shows the best parts of the muffin recipe and the most interesting parts of the muffin recipe that's going to keep them watching and um, make them want to make the recipe, you know? So I think stay in your niche if you can, but also keep in mind that, like, you are a niche. So if your brand, Feel Good Foodie is my brand, for example, if kids are part of my brand, it's okay to show them, you know, but stick to food, for example, but show them in a way of helping set the table or whatever it might be. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think that's one, that's one of the biggest, I think, rookie mistakes is, but at the same time, don't be so consumed in just sharing things that, like sharing your own stuff. Also watch what other people are doing. Watch the trends, check out the For You page, see what people are trying, you know, and if there's a big trend going on right now for, you know, summer grilling, get on that summer grilling, even if it's not summer grilling, maybe it's just summer hacks, you know, how can you take that tip that trending hashtag about summer hacks and make it related to food, for example?
0: Is there a clear place to go where you can see what's trending on TikTok?
1: Yeah, so as soon as you go, there's like a homepage and you can kind of see like the last, um, you know, all the hashtags that are trending. For example, pancake cereal was trending for a while. And That was a really hot thing and for a week or whipped coffee was trending for a while. So you better get on those things because a lot of times it's food that's trending, you know, and other times it may not be anything related to food. It might just be like, you know, something like Father's Day or something. So yeah, you can get, you can get on um, the the homepage and you can see all the trending hashtags. And what TikTok does is it will pick eight of those videos. They basically handpick the top eight videos to share them on the home screen. And they pick those based on your voiceover, they pick them based on hashtags, and also based on your caption. So one of mine, it was healthy lifestyle, I think, or healthy tips, I think it was. And my hash, I never had anything about healthy tips. I think my format said, here's a healthy way to make energy bites, you know, and it was a really old video from like, February or something. But a month ago, in May, it appeared on the homepage for healthy lifestyle, you know, and so... TikTok kind of hand picks those based on voiceovers. They're picking. They're they're kind of going through them and hand picking what should be on that page, and so it's really cool. And you just never know what's going to be on there. So look at those. Try to figure out if you can do them. There's there's some there's some crazy trends that you know people will do, and you you yeah. can try to put a spin on them. But you know you don't have to try too hard because literally billions of people or yes. however many it is are. Trying all of those different uh, other things, so it makes it harder sometimes to pop if it's a really big trending hashtag. But trying to see what other people are doing and putting a spin on it's it's fun because it keeps you relevant, it keeps you young and interesting, and it just gives you new ways of creating things. Like, oh, how can I make this interesting? How can I make? I shared a really boring Lebanese recipe, but then I shared a gadget that I used to make it, and it trended. You know, so oh, cool. it yeah, so it's all about like how you put a spin on it, you know, and how you how you choose to share that. I shared shared one Arabic recipe and it was like, is this good or gross? And so it was just like, <laughs> is this? I thought it looked kind of gross, but it's just a like popular recipe. And it turns out Lizzo saw the recipe on the For You page and made my recipe. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and yeah, and it was just like this moment where I'm like, Lizzo is making my recipe. And she's like, I'm trying, it's like an Arabic potato salad. And she said, Today I'm trying feel good foodies, um, potato salad thingy because it's not even on my blog. It's just, it's literally not even a recipe on my blog. It was just something I was making for my family. It's kind of like an Arabic take on potato salad, but it's just so interesting. So she took something that was trending because the video trended because of my caption of saying, is this good or gross? And all these people were weighing in like, you need pickles. Oh, this is great. And then she saw it and she, you know, she made it. So, um, yeah. And so it's just really interesting.
0: So profile or like bios in your profile, is that similar to Instagram? Do you think should we be because I think we're mostly professional on Instagram, like, this is the kind of food I focus on? Is it kind of the same thing on TikTok?
1: Yes, it is. But you can have a little bit more fun with it. You know, so everyone on TikTok is always saying like, you're the CEO of healthy recipes, or you're the CEO of like, curly hair, you know, they, they, they will basically call you the CEO of something so you can have fun with that. Cause I always say in my videos, like, Oh, mix until it feels good. And so people are like the CEO of feels good, you know? So you can kind of have fun with that and use their words to describe your content. But I think it's very important to um, say who you are, what you do and not assume that people know that you're a food blogger. So you can share, I share healthy recipes that, you know, make you feel good or whatever it is. And also you can definitely have a link to your website on there. And you can have fun with your picture. Like you can put basically a GIF. You can make a video into a GIF for your video, for your profile picture, oh, okay. which makes it fun. Yeah. yeah.
0: Oh, that's so cool. You've just opened up a new world for me to explore. So we're <laughs> leaving for vacation in a couple of days and I have a feeling this is all I'm going to be doing.
1: <laughs> yeah. Think about when you're on vacation, like how can you show that breakfast buffet that you're having mm. and, you know, or you're at the beach and what are the four snacks that you're having at the beach throughout the day or Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, like what are the three snacks you're having? So just, you can think about things like that. And it's just really, it's really fun. You know, sometimes literally a 10 second video that you didn't even think twice about is the one thing that goes viral and all these people are becoming famous (laughs) because yeah, yeah, because one of the best things about TikTok is every single video, every single person has an equal opportunity to go viral doesn't matter if you have a million followers or one follower. Oh, that's cool. That's a cool
0: concept. Well, I happen to live with these two people who are just like so funny. My boys are like the funniest people in the world. So they themselves could go viral with just about everything they do.
1: (laughs) They make me laugh all the
0: time. So I'll have to incorporate food into that somehow. But um, yeah, just fun. I am excited to explore it. So Thank you for proposing this topic, and I'm glad we could incorporate your amazing growth strategies in here as well, because I know you've just got that magic, Yumna. You're amazing. Thank you so much. (laughs) Yes. Well, thanks for being here. It's about time to wrap up, but is there anything that we missed talking about TikTok or growth that you just want to say before we say goodbye?
1: Um, No, I don't think so. I, I would just say give it a try. You just never know. Try it out, and even if you just put something out there once a week, just give it a try. It'll be fun. And I think a lot of the people who are hesitant about it will get addicted to it. It's just something about it. So it's worth a try. Don't be too intimidated. And if anybody ever has any questions, um, I love talking about it and I'd love to help.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you again so much for being here and sharing all of this. We will put together a show notes page for you that has everything that we've talked about today. And you can find that at eatblogtalk.com forward slash foodie two. Umna, tell everyone where they can find you online and on TikTok
1: and, I don't know, your blog and Instagram maybe. Okay, well, I'm Feel Good Foodie everywhere. So the ones that I interact with the most is usually Instagram, but you can also um, email me as well.
0: Awesome. Thank you again and thanks for listening today, food bloggers. I will see you next time.